pull them out. Let me see your Bibles. Go ahead. Just, just wave them in the air. Oh, look at those beautiful Bibles. Let me see some cell phones out there too. You guys, you guys are doing good. Well, grab your Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we are going to be, again, looking at another one of Jesus's parables. And I love Jesus's parables because they're stories. And who doesn't love a good story? You know, I like a good book. I like a well-written movie. And, and I, I like focusing in these stories and Jesus's parables, not just on the story itself, but I like looking at the audience that Jesus was telling the parable to, because I think that really helps us get a greater understanding of the point that Jesus was trying to make in those parables. So we're going to be looking again at, at the audience and how Jesus used these stories to help refocus some of those deep-held beliefs that people had wrong, or maybe some current emotions that were going through that just kind of clouded their, their judgments, or maybe they just had some, some misconceptions and they had some things wrong. But Jesus would use these stories to reframe, to reshape, to refocus uh, people and help them to see what mattered most. So in Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 1, I want to take a look at the audience that Jesus is speaking to here. And it says this, In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first. So I'll pause there. I want you to picture that for a moment. Everywhere that Jesus went, he attracted people. He was constantly bringing in people. I mean, there, there was people who were, were he, he was really good at drawing a crowd. I mean, some people, they came because they're thinking, what is Jesus going to teach next? You know, I love his teaching. It's just so different than anything I've ever heard before. And they were just amazed at his teaching. Other people were coming just to, you know, catch him in his teaching. Like, we're going to catch Jesus. We're going to make sure that we, we take him to court. He's going to say something wrong. He's going to do something wrong. Uh, a lot of people, most of the people were following Jesus because Jesus healed people everywhere he went. Jesus performed miracles, and they were just coming around like, what's he going to do next? You know, is he going to, you know, is there, is there going to be a deaf guy who can hear today? Maybe there's going to be a crippled man, and that would be cool, you know, just seeing the hand restored. You know, from blind to unblind, okay, he's still got eyeballs, you know, but like, hand restored. That would be cool to see. Uh, you know, maybe somebody's dead is going to be raised to life. And so Jesus was attracting people. They, they wanted to be healed. They wanted to see Jesus heal. And so he, he attracted these big old crowds. And sometimes I think we just think Jesus walked around with his 12 disciples all the time. But we see many times in the Bible where thousands of people were literally following Jesus. We see when he fed the 5,000. And that was just the guys. You know, there's still women and children there where he fed the 4,000. And these crowds that Jesus was attracting. I mean, Jesus was, let's face it, Jesus was a rock star in his time. I mean, everywhere he went, he just, he had people following them. And this crowd, it says that there were so many thousands that they began to tra trample one another. That's a big crowd, right? So I want you to picture this. You know, Jesus, he's, he's teaching people, and, and there's so many people there that literally are trampling each other. You know, so maybe if you've ever been to like a big concert before, you know, and you're just swarmed with people and it, it's so tight, like you're, you're trying to breathe and get some, you know, and people are being trampled or, or maybe you've been Black Friday shopping before, you know, and so you know what this is like. It's just a lot of people in a tight space. And that's, that's what's going on here. And, and I believe that this was quite the, the spectacle and this crowd probably wasn't just, it was probably growing, you know, by the moment. They didn't have news back then. They didn't have... Uh, 
you know, the evening news. They didn't have the newspaper. They didn't have social media to spread the word. But if all of a sudden I see a group of thousands of people, like, walk by my kitchen window, I'm going to start wondering, like, what? What's going on? Like, I, gotta, I don't know what's happening, but I want to go see what's happening. I wanna, and, and so I, I, this, this crowd was probably like a snowball. You know, it was just kept growing everywhere it went. It was just picking up more and more people because, hey, what's going on? You know, and they're talking and the anticipation is rising and people are getting, you know, I want to get as close to Jesus as I can. And people are starting to get trampled. And, and this, is, this is the setting we're in. Now, at the center of this stage, you know, you've got Jesus. And right around Jesus, you've got you got the disciples, right? And can you imagine being the disciples at a time like this? You've got thousands of people, and you're basically like, you're not the center of attention, but you're right there. You know, you're, you're right next to it. You're like Jesus's entourage, and it's great. You're everywhere you're going. The disciples were probably name-dropping Jesus everywhere they went, you know, like, hey, can we get into the restaurant today? We know Jesus. Yeah, sure, we've got, we've got a back room right for you. you know. So they were probably using that. And I'm guessing some of this attention, you know, is maybe getting to your head. Because when you got like thousands of people staring at you, and you're like, yeah, we're, we're with Jesus. And, and so this is probably building up a little bit of pride in, in their lives. And, and this is at the peak of Jesus' popularity. And it says in this passage that instead of addressing the crowds, instead of addressing the thousands, he takes this moment. People are trampling each other. He takes this moment and he says, hey, disciples, come on over here. And he calls his 12 over to them and, and he has a special message for them. You know, the crowd's anxiously awaiting what Jesus is about to teach, but instead Jesus uh, just looks over to his disciples and he shares this. So today when we look at this parable, I want you to imagine this morning that you're one of those disciples, right? And, and you've got Jesus, you know, the rock star, it, and he pulls you aside and he notices you today. And he says, come here. I want to tell you something. I know I can tell everybody else, but I've got something specifically for you today. And that's the way this parable was told to the disciples. And that's the way I think we need to read this and understand this today. It's a special message just for you. So this is one of those lessons that, you know, if I'm a disciple, I'm leaning into that. You know, I'm like, all right. Jesus, this must be important. You know, you could tell everybody else, but you're telling us and you're telling it now. Not when we're alone, but when everybody else is here and you're telling us. And so he begins to share many of these stories. And in uh, verse 35 of Luke 12 is the parable I want to look at today. Verse 35, this is, this is where Jesus begins sharing this parable. He tells the disciples, stay dressed and ready for action. Or stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. You skip ahead to verse 39. He tells another parable. He says this, But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. We'll pause there for a moment. So Jesus he gives these two different parables, same meaning, but two different illustrations to help them understand a, a very deep spiritual principle and to help them refocus on what matters most. So he starts off by telling the story of a master and a servant. And in, in this story, he says the, the master goes away and the servants need to be ready. They need to be ready at any time because they don't know when the master is going to return. And when you come back, you need to stay ready. 
right? You got you to gotta stay ready, stay dressed and ready for action. The master shouldn't come home to find you lounging around, you know, sitting in your pajamas like Stan wants to do with everybody here. You know, he shouldn't find you in your pajamas. You should, you should be ready. You should be in your servant's attire. You should be ready to go. The lights in the house should be turned on. The lamp should be kept burning. And, and I don't even want to have to knock. Like, you see me coming, you just open the door, and the master's going to come on in. That's, that's what the master expects, right? You, you should be ready. And so he's telling his disciples, you, you need to be ready. You need to be ready because the master could return at any moment. And then he goes on and he tells the, the next story. And he talks about a thief that's going to come in the middle of the night. And if the master had known what time the thief was coming, he would have been ready for him. See, a good thief. I think that's an oxymoron. A good thief. A, a, a thief who's good at stealing. Put it that way. A bad thief who's good at stealing. Uh, see, a good thief, he comes when you're least expecting it. He comes in the middle of the night when everybody's sleeping. He comes when, he, when you're gone uh, on vacation. That's when a thief comes. So you're not ready for it. Now, a bad thief, a bad thief comes when you are ready for it. Kind of like those thieves in, in the Home Alone movies. You know, <laughs> they told Kevin, like, hey, we're going to come at 9 o'clock tonight. And then in the second one, they told him again, we're going to rob the toy store at midnight. And guess what? Kevin was ready for him every single time. He had the whole house booby-trapped. He, he had it all ready for him. And, and for us, if we knew exactly when the thief was coming, we'd be ready. We, we'd take him down. But he says, the thief comes when you're least expecting it, so you need to be ready. You need to be ready. And so Jesus, he's pulling aside his disciples, and he's telling them, get ready. Get ready. Don't just be ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. You don't know when your master's returning. You don't know when the thief is coming. So you need to be ready and stay ready. So I can imagine at this point the disciples are like, okay, great. We're going to get ready. All right, guys, we got we to get ready. Wait, hold on, Jesus. What are we getting ready for? Like, what, who's, who's the master? Who's, what, you're right here with it. What, what, what are we supposed to do? And so Jesus continues explaining in verse 40. He says this, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. So he, he sums it all up, and he's saying, hey, the Son of Man's coming. He's talking about himself. I will come at a moment that you do not expect. I'm going to come just like a master who's going to return home at any time or a thief that you don't know what time they're coming. You just need to be ready at all times. So, guys, you need to be ready at all times. So we know Jesus is going to return. We call that the rapture. Right? And, and the rapture is an amazing, that's why we have so much hope. We, we believe that one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take his church to, and we get to go home with him. We get to go to heaven with him. It's an amazing thing. So Jesus, after he died and after he rose again, the Bible tells us uh, that he walked on this earth for 40 days. He talked with his disciples. In fact, Paul says that at one moment, at one time, he even spoke with 500 different people at the same time. So there's a lot of people that, that saw him. And he went on and he told his disciples, you know, as he was about to leave, he told them, hey, you know, here's, here's the great commission. You're going to go into all the world. In fact, you don't have to do it on your own. I'm going to send a helper to you, and it's called the Holy Spirit, right? So you're supposed to wait in Jerusalem until you receive this Holy Spirit. Uh, we had Titus up here a couple weeks sharing his testimony. Oh, God filled him with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's what he said. This is, this is the promise for you. You guys are going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. But before you can have the Holy Spirit, i got to go.
And so one day after he told them all this, he just, that'd be kind of cool to see, but it said that he just ascended into heaven. And the disciples are like, Jesus, when, when did you learn how to fly? You know? And, and they just, you know, he just ascended into heaven and disappeared. And it said that they were just watching him intently, looking at like, what, what's going on? What, what's happening here? Ah, you know, it's been interesting during this, this pandemic and all the different things and, and all the different changes. One, one change I've noticed is, uh, you know, restaurants. Not as many of them are open. You can go through the fast food line and do all that. So, you know, our family will, will go through McDonald's or something. You can't go in, but so we'll eat it in the van, right? You guys struggled with that before? You're like, you're now you're eating meals as a family in the van. And, and so it's like, well, where do we park? We don't want to stare at like a building this whole time. So maybe you've tried to figure this out. And so we've got a few spots around town. I won't tell you all of them because I don't want you stealing them from us. Uh, but one of the spots we like to go to is out to the airport. So we'll, we'll pick up food. We'll drive out to the airport and just kind of hope like maybe there'll be an airplane taken off. Or, or one time we even saw like six. I mean, it was just like, in the course of half an hour. It was really cool. But we like watching those. And, and so one day, or a lot of times, you see them taking off, and you just stare at them. You know, that's about all you can do. And you're just staring at it, and you're seeing how long can you track that airplane. But eventually, it gets so far away that that little speck, you know, if you look away for just a second, you can't see it anymore. And so I'm thinking the disciples were probably doing that. They're just, well, there, there goes Jesus, you know. And He's just raising up, and they, they've got their eyes on him, and they're intently watching him, and eventually, you know, oh, I can't see him anymore. You know, oh, no, no, he's right, you know, and, and just picture that scene. So Jesus is ascending into heaven, and, and in Acts chapter 1, verse 10, it will be on the screen, it says this, and while they were gazing, while the disciples were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood, stood by them in white robes, these were angels, and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. So again, this is the great news. This is the hope we have as Christians. Yeah, Jesus left. He ascended into heaven. But it says in the same way, he's going to come back. And, and, and we don't know when that is. We, we don't know, but we know that it can happen at any moment. It can happen at any time, like a thief in the night, like a master returning home, and, and we need to be ready. That's why he tells his disciples, stay ready. Stay ready, because one day there's going to be this glorious day where Jesus returns, and he returns in power, and he's going to come back, and he's going to take his church up into heaven, and that is going to be a glorious day. So we need to stay ready. We need to stay ready. Church, that's what we're called to. That's what he's telling his disciples that day. Stay ready. Keep the lamps burning. Keep that fire going. Stay dressed and ready for action because one day I will return. And you know what? We're not going to get a 10-minute warning on Jesus' return. Like he, He's not going to blow the horn and say, all right, get ready. No, it's just it's going to happen, and we need to be ready. If we're not ready, we're too late. I think a lot of people in this life, they walk through life and they think, you know what, I'm going to live how I want, but when I'm on my deathbed, that's the moment, that's when I'll surrender, that's when I'll give my life to Jesus, and, and it'll be just fine. Well, the problem with that is, we don't know when we're going to die. We, we, we don't know if we're going to have that nice deathbed to go into eternity. We, we don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. We don't know when Jesus is going to return, so we need to be ready, and we need to stay ready. I had a friend who told me, uh, 
when his wife would go shopping and, and go out and get groceries or something like that, he had set up on his phone and her phone a little GPS alarm that once she would leave the grocery store, it would warn him. So that way he knew he had about 10 minutes to get the house clean, right? So he, he'd, he'd be running around with the kids, you know, playing video and building the pillow fort, and then all of a sudden that, that alarm goes off and it's like, okay, all right, guys, clear the dishes. Make sure the kitchen's clean. Get the pillows back and let's clean up. Mom's coming home. Worked for a while until his wife found out. But we're not going to have that. We're not going to have that alarm saying, all right, it's time. Jesus is coming back. No, it's going to happen in an instant. So we don't have time to get our act together. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says this, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. In a flash, in a moment, that's how Jesus is going to come back. And we're not going to have that special warning system five minutes out. When we hear that trumpet blast, we better be ready, otherwise it's too late. So we need to stay ready. We need to stay ready. We're experiencing that right now just on a stay ready standpoint, uh, you know, Angie and I, we've got number four on the way, our, our baby, and, and so we're, we're excited. And, uh, but now we're getting to the, all right, this is real. You know, this is, we better get ready for, for this baby. Come, you know, we better get the car seat. We better get the, the nursery ready. We better start baby-proofing things. We, we better get that bag ready because at a moment's notice, that baby might be ready to come. And, and so, you know, we've got we've to get prepared. You know, some of you guys, you've experienced this. You know, you've got the, the bag ready to go, and it could happen at any moment. And last time, when, when we were pregnant with twins, we, we weren't ready for that. The doctor told us, you know, it could have come, they could come eight weeks early. You know, you got to be ready. you got to be ready for this. Well, I wasn't thinking too much about that. And I was down at middle school camp. And uh, I think we were on about 32 weeks. And all of a sudden, on the last day of camp, I get this call saying, hey, uh, Angie went to the hospital. Uh, she's in labor. And I realized at that moment, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm seven hours away from the hospital, and I'm responsible for 20 kids right now. Like, I better get ready. So I rush. I'm like, guys, I know it's not time to go yet, but you're getting in that van as fast as you can, and we're peeling out of here, all right? And, and so we did, and we got on the road, and, and uh, about an hour later, I get a phone call, false alarm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, you know? Thankfully, I had a wake-up call like, okay, all right, I'm going to get ready now, Angie. I'm going to be prepared. I'm not going to be seven hours away next time that I get that phone call. So we've got to be ready at any time. The same way Jesus is coming back at any time, and, and we've got to be ready. We've got to stay ready. We need to keep our lamps burning. We've got to keep that fire burning. Is there a time in your life you can look back and say, you know what? Yeah, I used to be on fire for Jesus back then, but I'm not as much now. Right? We, we can't have that. We, we need, God's got something new for us. He's saying his mercies are new every day. We, God's got something new for us every day, and we need to be ready. We need to have that fire blazing for when Jesus comes back. We need to be ready. You know, we, we live in today, and we, and we got we to gotta live in today. We've got we to gotta take care of the things of today, but we can never forget that that day is coming. We can never forget that. We've always got to live this day in light of that day. 
right? Jesus is coming, and we need to stay ready. We need to stay dressed and ready for action. We need to keep our fire burning. We can't let it go out. We need to keep living for Jesus with everything that we have and every decision we make. We need to understand Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Every day we wake up and realize, man, Jesus could come back today. Today might be the day, and I'm going to live my life in light of that day, in light of the fact that Jesus could come back this afternoon. That's the way we need to live our lives as Christians. We can't say, I got time. I'll deal with that tomorrow. I know I've got a sin issue, but like, I've got time. I know my, my neighbor needs to know about Jesus, but, you know, I've got time to work. Like, we need to understand it could happen at any moment. And we need to wake up to that reality that Jesus is returning. Anybody else excited about the rapture? I mean, we can view it as a scary, but it's a great thing. Like, as Christians, Christians that's our hope. That's, we should be excited about the rapture. I'm excited that Jesus could return today. See, this is the main point of the parable, to stay ready. He's telling his disciples that, hey, more important than the crowds, more important than all the excitement that's going on. Big crowds cause a lot of excitement. They cause a lot of hype. And, and he says, more, more than all, everything in this moment, you see all these people out here. They're trampling each other. I'll heal them later. You know, more than all that, I want you guys to get, be ready. Stay ready. Don't let it get to your head. Don't, don't worry about all this day-to-day stuff. This is good. What's happening out here, this is good. But you need to make sure that your hearts are ready. And so that's what he's telling the disciples. Don't worry about the spotlight. Don't worry about the spotlight. Don't, wor- don't worry about all this. Make sure your heart's ready. What, what's your spotlight today? What, what are you getting caught up in? What are you, what are you so worried about? What are, you, what are those things that you're holding on to? That's causing you to not be ready for Jesus' return. Those are, those are questions we need to ask ourselves. Jesus is coming back. Well, Jesus isn't done yet because in the next verse you see Peter speak up and ask a question. He does that a lot. I wonder if the disciples, you know, Jesus tells this parable, and I wonder if the disciples are just sitting there like, you know, Peter raises his hand, like, really, Peter, again? You, you, why'd you have to open your mouth? Like, I thought we were done. And, and so he, he asks this question in verse 41. It says, Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? Right? He, he's asking, is this just for us or is this for everybody here? Like, why, why, why did you just pull us aside, Jesus? Are we the only ones who need to be ready or does everybody need to be ready? So Jesus gives this follow-up parable in in verse 42. He says, And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portions of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. So Jesus, he goes back to this original parable of the the servant and his master, but he, he... expands on it. He says, not just all the servants, but I'm talking about the servant that I specifically leave in charge of all the other servants. When the master goes away and he puts him in charge, uh, the servant has two options. And option number one, he can serve faithfully. He can take care of the other servants. He can make sure that the household is, is running well, that everybody's fed, that, that everything is running just as though the master were there. 
So that's option number one. But then he goes on in verse 45. Here's option number two. He says, but if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and he begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and to drink and get drunk, the master of, of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. So again, we've got contrasting things here. He says, if you serve faithfully, and if you help the other people out, the master's going to bless you. But if you think, ah, I got time, the master's going to be away for a long time, and instead of serving him, I'm going to start serving myself. I'm going to start taking care of myself. I'm going to, you know, eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want. I'm going to start taking it out on the other servants. I'm just going to please myself in every area I can live. It says when the master comes, and he's going to come at a time that you're not expecting him, and he's going to find that you were unfaithful. He's going to find that you, you were, uh, you know, rude to the other servants and you mistreated them. And when that happens, I'm going to treat you harshly. Like it's going to be worse for you than those other servants. I, I'm going to treat you harshly. So the first one gets a reward, but the second one gets punished. And in verse 48, he, he sums this all up. He says this, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So again, Jesus gives the point of this whole parable that he's telling the disciples and the whole point of the story. And in fact, it's like he kind of steals a line from Spider-Man or maybe Spider-Man steals it from Jesus. I'm not sure which one happened. But he says, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Him who's been given much, much will be required. And so that's what he's telling the disciples there that day. You've been given a great power. You've been given a great knowledge. So that means you've got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and you can't take this lightly. Because not only are you my servants and you need to be ready, but you're in charge of other servants. You're, you're in charge of all these thousands of people out here who, who need to stay ready. So you're in charge of keeping people ready and with great power comes great responsibility. And he tells these disciples, you're, you've been with me since day one. You're more responsible for this message than anyone else. And, and he tells them, you know, in the Great Commission to go, you know, from Jerusalem to Judea to, to all the world, to Samaria, to all the world, to the ends of the earth. And so you can't neglect this message. You can't neglect it. You've got to live it. You've got to put it into action. You've got to remember every day that I am coming again. And you've got to live in such a way that, that Jesus is coming back. Now, the fact that, that you're in this room today or that you're listening online, means that you've been given much. You've got great power in knowing this message that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again and that he's coming back, right? And we can have freedom and we can have forgiveness. You guys are the inner circle. Jesus left you in charge with this great message. See, there's, there's billions of people out there today They'll be born, they'll live their whole lives, and they'll die, and they'll never hear the name of Jesus. That's sad. They'll never get to hear the saving grace. They'll never get to hear that they had another chance. But not you. You, you get to hear this great power. You, you get to hear this great story, and with great power comes great responsibility. With, 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 with great knowledge 
we, we need to be faithful with it. We need to be faithful with it. And because we have this great knowledge, we have the capability and the responsibility to respond, not to simply brush this knowledge off, not just to, to keep living our lives, but to pause and to make things right with Jesus, to make him the Lord of your life and be ready for his soon return. We've been entrusted with a great gift. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. See, Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm holding you to a higher standard. I'm holding you to a higher standard because you've been blessed with so much. In the same way today, we are held to a higher standard because we've been blessed with so much. We know the truth. Don't waste it. Because not only do we need to stay ready, we need to make sure we get others ready. We need to get others ready. We, we need to, that's why we give to missions. That's why our heartbeat is missions, because we need to go tell those, those billions of people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. We need to tell them. We need to tell them that there is hope, that there is more, that there is a second chance, that there is new life, that there's eternity. We need to tell them. We, we, that's why we're all about reaching out to our own community, because there's people in our community that maybe they've heard of it, they've had access to the gospel, but they've never responded. And, and it's up to us to tell them again and let them know. And, and not just tell them, but live it. So they can see it every day that you are living with hope. You're living that Jesus is coming back one day. And that's an exciting thing. And that's a good thing, right? We, we can make a difference in this world. This message isn't for us. It's for everybody. But we're, we're the vessel that God is going to use to deliver it to the whole world. So we need to get others ready. So stay ready ourselves and get others ready. Today, maybe you're that person, you know the truth, but you're running from God. You're listening online, you're running from God. You're sitting in the pew, you're running from God. And my question to you today is, why? Why? Why are you running? I want you to just think about this. What's holding you up? Maybe there's sin that's just, that you're holding on to. You just feel like you can't give up. You can't give it up, you can't get out from under it. But let me ask you this. Is the enjoyment of this sin, this temporary thing, worth it in exchange for eternal life? You know, put those on the scales today. Is it worth it in exchange for eternal life? Or maybe you're sitting there today and it's just like, I got, I got too many questions. I got too many questions. I don't understand all this thing. I don't, I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand what it's... And it's today, today's the day to ask those questions. Don't just sit there with the questions. Ask somebody. I'd love to chat with you. Come out to Connecting Point next Sunday. I'd love to answer some questions. Uh, come out to our Next Steps class. Sign up for that. We love to answer some questions because you'll never know if you don't ask. So today's the day. Start asking questions. Maybe, maybe your excuse today is, I've been hurt too much. I've been hurt too much. I've been burned too much. I've, I've been to churches. I, I know it, I've just been, and it hurts too much. Well, let me tell you. The church is made up of imperfect people, and we're going to mess up. I can promise you that, right? We're going to mess up because we're imperfect, but we serve a perfect Jesus. So maybe you've been burned by people, but I promise you, you'll never be burned by Jesus. He's never going to hurt you. He's never going to forsake you. So don't use that as an excuse. Maybe today you're sitting there and you're just, you know, you're tough. You know, you don't want to show any signs of weakness. You don't want other people to like, what are they going to think about me? But again, let me ask you is, you, is your reputation today more important than your eternity? We all need to come to the point where we humble ourselves and say, you know, God, I can't, I can't do it on my own. I need you, Jesus. Will you be my Lord? So today, 
if you're running from God, why? We, we need to change that. We need to change that. Today's the day. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ in this room or you're listening online, you, you're following Jesus, then you've been tasked with a great responsibility. You've been given a knowledge that others have been searching for their entire lives and still have not found. They've looked in all the wrong places for the supernatural, for eternal life, and they've come up empty. But you, you hold the answers today. So you've been given that task to stay ready and to get others ready. We can't keep it to ourselves. We need to keep our eyes focused on the prize. We need to keep our eyes focused on what matters most. We need to live in this day, but we can never forget about that day. We got to remember Jesus is returning and he can come at any moment. Heaven's our real prize. Eternity with Jesus is the real prize. Don't let all these other little, little prizes or little rewards get in the way. Just focus on the big one. Remember once Pastor Gary told a, a story of a, of a man who lived in prison, lived in a penitentiary, and he was in jail for a long time. And when he was released, unlike other people who had been in prison for as long as he had been, he adapted and he adjusted to this free life way better than anybody else did. You know, normally it takes months and, and years to just get out of that prison mindset, but he adjusted right away. And the parole officer asked him, you know, how, how, you, how are you doing this? You know, I don't see this. This isn't normal. This isn't natural. How are you doing this? And when he was asked this question, he, he responded, well, unlike my fellow inmates, I never decorated myself. I never got cozy in the prison because I always knew what my real prize was, was that freedom. And church, let me remind you today, this world is not our home. This world's not our home. Heaven's our home. And, and we can get so caught up in decorating the cell, right? We can get so caught up in making our lives comfortable here that we forget the real prize. We forget that, that the truest and greatest freedom is with Jesus. Let's focus on the real prize today. Let's focus on what matters most. Let's remember every day Jesus could be coming back. Maybe he'll come back this afternoon. That'd be great. But until he comes back, let's do everything we can to tell others about Jesus. Let's do everything we can to stay ready and get others ready. Let that be our heartbeat. Let's live every day like the thief is coming, like the master is coming back. Let's live every day like at any moment Jesus is going to burst through those clouds and that trumpet's going to sound and he's going to take us to be with him for eternity. Look forward to that day. Would you stand with me? I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Today these altars are going to be open if you need to take some time just to get alone with God, just to refocus, to reset, Make sure you got those priorities right to make sure you can stay ready. These altars are open. I encourage you to come and use them. If, if today you, you haven't followed Jesus, today's the day. Today's the day, and, and you can come to Jesus. So there's going to be a party in heaven. We're going to talk about that more next week. But today is the day. Don't wait. Don't push it off. Don't hit the snooze any longer in our lives. This is your wake-up call today. Jesus is coming back. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Jesus, I thank you for your church. 
God, I thank you for your people. God, and I thank you that you are coming back one day. God, that is so exciting, and I cannot wait. God, we cannot wait. We are ready today. Make us ready today. God, help us not to go alone, but God, help us to bring as many people with us as possible. God, help us to sound the alarm. Help us to let others know. Help us, help us to let our neighbors know, our families know. God, people across the world that we may never meet, God, but, but through a missionary or going on a mission trip, God, may we wake others up to the reality that you are coming back and we need to be ready for our Savior. Wake us up today. Make us ready. Tomorrow when we wake up, May we remember Jesus is coming back. Tuesday when we wake up, may we remember Jesus is coming back. God, every day, may we remember the master could return at any moment. We look forward to that day. But until that day, may we build your kingdom. May we spread the good news and share it with this world. God, we thank you. God, to anyone here today who's just holding on and, and, and they're ready to surrender to you. God, I pray that they would just pray a simple prayer just from the heart, saying they, to ask for forgiveness, to believe that you died and rose again, and to make you the Lord of their life. I, I pray that that prayer would be prayed in here. God, maybe somebody listening online would pray that prayer today, and their life would be forever changed. So Jesus, we trust in you. We trust in you. Make us ready today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, be blessed. Be ready. Get others ready this week. Have an incredible week. Again, these altars are open. I encourage you to use them if you need them today.